You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wow you tonight, shock you, in fact. Uh, can you still be shocked after all these years and all the things we've covered? I, I, I found that I can, <laughs> inexplicably so. This first hour is going to be a wild ride. Uh, welcome to the program this evening, ladies and gentlemen. James Edwards along with Keith Alexander. Saturday evening, September the 16th. And the United States continues to unravel at pace. And the deteriorating situation has escalated even since last week. At record pace, not just at pace, man. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen a deterioration like what we're going through right now. Keith, you and I were talking about this We've been in the studio for about an hour. We got here about an hour prior to showtime uh, tonight, and, and we've just been sitting, looking at some of the stuff that's happened over, over just this summer. We'll, we'll call it this summer, but really over the course of the last few days, and it it's all unprecedented. Uh, you know, at least in well, I've got a theory American about what's history. Driving it. All right, we'll get to that, but uh, we, <laughs> helping us. Um, Examine and, and better understand the current situation uh, later tonight. Our featured guest in the second hour will be Dr. Kevin McDonald. Uh, he's going to be back on to uh, continue the conversation. Got a lot of great feedback on our show last week with uh, Christopher Cantwell. Let me pod myself up just a little bit. Uh, where are my levels at? Anyway, and we're going to continue that conversation about uh, the Twitter situation, Musk and the ADL, Kevin McDonald, if anybody should be talking about this, it's Kevin McDonald, and uh, he agreed. <laughs> so no, no, he's, he, he, he's the go-to guy on all things Jewish, So, uh, and that's what the ADL is. So he is the go-to guy. He's the natural person in the movement that you would seek for guidance on what's happening on uh, the band, the ADL movement. All right, so we're going to revisit that in the second hour. John Friend from the American Free Press in the third hour, and maybe another surprise up our sleeves. We'll see. Uh, but first, what is going on? What am I talking about? Uh, well, there's just so much, I hardly know where to start. We have a list of 10 things that we're going to be covering this hour, okay? And I'm going to present the first handful in the next segment. But before we do that, this was actually something, Keith, that's not even included in the list that we're so excited about. Uh, I say excited, flummoxed, uh, <laughs> exasperated about. Uh, I don't know what the adjective Yeah, there, there, there you go. Keep it coming. Uh, but we're going to be getting into that list that I foreshadowed in the next segment. So just buckle up and hold on. It's, it's really something. But before we do that, there was one thing that we didn't get to last week that I wanted to get to. And it is like round three of the Biden administration versus the state of Alabama with regards to their congressional congressional map, their map of their congressional district. So <clears throat> as you'll remember earlier this year, I think the Biden administration didn't like that there were actually some 
white congressmen in Alabama. They said you got to redraw your lines. You got to get more black congressmen in there. Doesn't matter what percentage of the population they are. Uh, they got to have the lion's share of the uh, congressional seats. So the state of Alabama redrew the lines a little bit, and it definitely they definitely redrew them in a way that would benefit the Democrats. Uh, but it didn't it, give them it, an, out, an outright majority, but it gave them like rather than thirty percent, forty percent, and something they could work with. But of course, they want what the Supreme Court wants, and what all these aficionados of the Civil Rights Movement and the Voting Rights Act of '65 want is a guaranteed lock, black majority district. The problem is that when you do that you're assuring that it will be a Democrat going to Congress rather than a Republican, and the balance of power between the Democrats and the Republicans is so narrow right now with the Republicans barely having a majority in the House of Representatives and the uh, Republicans having, uh, I mean, the Democrats having a majority in the Senate. Uh, no, the, you know, any Republican that really is serious about having the power to govern is going to fight this effort to put uh, have a majority black district gerrymandered crazily in this uh, situation because if you do that, uh, they will you know be in control of Congress and Katie bar the door. You know what the Democrats will do when they have all that power. They will just go uh, you know that they will ram it to us and to the American people. It will be the end of America as we know it. So thank goodness the Republicans in uh, the state legislature there in Alabama aren't going to run up the flag. They're not going to do the politically correct thing and commit Harry Carey All right, politically. But now, but now what is going to happen? Because they did redraw the lines. They gave Democrats, uh, as you said, more favorable demographics uh, to where they'll be more competitive. And, and again, I don't see the Biden administration going after Sheila Jackson Lee's district in Houston, which looks like a jigs a piece of a jigsaw. Or Steve puzzle. Cohen's district here in Tennessee. They could get they could have gotten rid of him just like they did Jim Cooper in Nashville. But Jim Cooper was a white goy. Cohen is Jewish, and he represents well, a majority black district. So consequently. He was untouchable, but Cooper was expendable. That, I get it, and you could do that with all of them, but I'm just saying at least Cohen's district is sort of like a square. It's mostly Shelby County. But uh, but Sheila Jackson's lead looks like a like a jigsaw puzzle piece. Well, see, the thing is. But I what's going to happen with here's, – here's the thing. So Alabama already went back and redrew it once, and, and they resubmitted it, and now the Biden administration is saying, well, that's not good enough. And now, what? I mean, they're well, going to have to do it. They're going to have to keep doing it until blacks have every congressional seat in Alabama. Look, it's not Biden; it's the Supreme Court. Who are the uh, traitors in this supposedly majority conservative Republican Supreme Court that won't endorse what the Alabama state legislature has done and keep bouncing it back and say, uh, "We want more cowbell. We want more blacks." You know, you've got to have a majority black district. It's two people. Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts. They're the traitors. They're the weak links in the so-called uh, conservative Supreme Court. They're the ones that can be depended upon to be undependable. So that's where the problem is. But, you know, what's riding on this is bigger than a black-white issue. This is who, which of the two parties is going to control Congress. 
And if you give up on this, then you might as well just give up totally. You know, just go home. Go big or go home. That's what the Republicans have to do. If we don't do that, uh, if you know, that, then basically it's Joe Biden and his group of Bolsheviks that will get to run roughshod over the American people. Well, you can call I technically, yes, it's the Supreme Court. I guess you could call it the system, which is what it is. The Biden administration has certainly weighed in on this, but um, – Nevertheless, we won't. No, definitely, definitely they're doing the bidding of the Biden administration, Biden's bidding, no pun intended. But, you know, on the other hand, uh, at least, yeah, this brings into focus everything about that I've been saying over the past year about the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 was not righteous and holy. We've been sold that. Because we've been sold the idea that somehow the civil rights movement was righteous and holy. It wasn't. It was just another cultural Marxist innovation intended to destroy traditional America. We are defending democracy, uh, so they put it, by causing Republican states to redraw congressional districts to <laughs> that will leave them unable to maintain yeah, the majority. Using, using their old state by take a break. Flag. A battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com the Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern Nation, what is Southern Nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. So the system is telling us that it is defending our democracy, quote unquote, by doing things like causing Republican states like Alabama, conservative states, truly, uh, to redraw their lines and their maps and, to where and elect black Democrats to where that uh, they don't have a chance to compete. That's one way that they are defending our democracy. But uh, boy, this is what I was talking about at the top of the program. Listen to all of the things that are going on now. 
Uh, obviously, as you know, uh, well documented, Donald Trump running for president, facing nearly a thousand years in prison on 91 felony counts and charge uh, the, uh, felony charges and counting. Uh, and so that that's one. But here here's another one. I mean, this is something the governor of New Mexico announced just a few days ago that she had the authority to suspend the First and Second Amendment. Now, they tell us Donald Trump is a dangerous authoritarian. Here is the uh, Associated Press, uh, Press report out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham on Friday issued an emergency order suspending the right to carry firearms in public across Albuquerque and the surrounding county for at least 30 days. Now, she's saying it was because I think there was a shooting or some gun violence in New Mexico. But who cares? I mean, whatever the reason. Now, here, Keith, I mean, a sitting governor now arbitrarily saying, I can suspend the First and Second Amendment. And as a matter of fact, I just did. Well, I tell you, there's a silver lining to that dark cloud. And that is the doctrine of nullification. Go back to John C. Calhoun and the uh, tariff of abominations, things like that, back in the 1820s and 1830s. What she has done is invoke nullification against not just a federal statute like Calhoun did, but against a provision of the Bill of Rights. In fact, the two most important, uh, you know, the one and two, Amendment one and two to the Constitution. Uh, but nullification, yeah, uh, go girl. We love that. You know, quite frankly, what's happening in uh, crazy New Mexico isn't going to impact us, except she's enshrining the doctrine of nullification and saying nullification is alive and well. That's what I'm doing. I haven't called it that, but that's exactly All what right. she's doing. Well, so let's, let's let her do that. Uh, and, and let's, uh, you know, uh, let's use this as Exhibit A when we start doing it for our interest. Okay, well, that's, that's probably where uh, it <laughs> – I, I appreciate the way you're trying to see that, but, of course, they'll be able to do it, but any Republicans who might have the, uh, the balls to do it will not be able to, and that's the way it always works. But anyway, that, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, our, well, I, I agree it's wrong. They shouldn't be able to do that, you know, if there are two essential – uh, bill rights that are enshrined in the Bill of Rights. It's the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, and those are the ones that she's decided to target. But, you know, again, you get a female Democrat in there as a governor, things go haywire. we got to move quickly here. We have uh, promoted our, our friend Brad Griffin from contributor to associate producer. We always quote him, so he's going to get that uh, promotion officially now, and he's going to get that pay raise that comes with it. Uh, associate producer Brad Griffin has put together this list that we're reading from. But uh, so it, it seems like they're testing their limits every day now with the arrests of Trump. And they are getting more emboldened. They have gone from, you know, these phony impeachments and these arrests and these show trials that are coming now to suspending the First and Second Amendment in some of their states. And they will continue to do it. Now, what's present in the set? Uh, they, they go full bore. Here's another one. Uh, obviously, the efforts uh, underway to remove uh, disqualified Trump from running for president on uh, various state ballots. That's already uh, progressing and proceeding in Colorado. They're going to use the 14th Amendment to say he's disqualified, and they're going to remove his name from the ballot. So, again, this is what defending democracy looks, looks like, arresting, you know, causing Republican states to redraw their, their congressional maps, suspending First and Second Amendments, uh, uh, arresting the president a thousand years 
this thing now where they're going to, if if they aren't able to put him in jail, which would be an absolute miracle. I mean, he is going to go to prison. But even if he is somehow pardoned or is able to run from jail, they're going to remove him from a few swing state ballots, and that's going to be your ball game. So in order to be elected president, you understand, ladies and gentlemen, you have to first be on the ballot. So this is already a campaign that's underway behind the scenes. This is sort of like... Um, uh, a little redundancy in their plan. They've got a backup plan underway in swing states. It's but Democrat, Democrat secretaries of states to block Trump from the ballot. And he would. Uh, uh, so <laughs> if if he is able to dodge all the other bullets, you gotta, you, you're going to have him removed potentially from the ballots. And all it would take, I mean, because the presidential election, as you know, comes down to about five, six, seven states. That's really the whole ballgame. Every other state is solidly blue or solidly red. You can take him off the ballot in a couple of states, and there you go. So, And, and, and you're talking about the same people who, who found tens of thousands of votes in the middle of the night. You don't think they're above doing this? Hell yeah, and sure they are, and sure they will. Well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty with this. There are about five states that really count, okay? That's going to determine who wins the next presidential election. Let's look at those states. If they have a Democrat uh, uh, governor, a Democrat uh, uh, you know, in charge of the election, secretary of state, and if they uh, control their legislature, whatever state that is, for example, if Wisconsin is one of these states, uh, forget about it. If Pennsylvania is one of these states, forget about it. You know, that those are... That they are bound and determined that the Republicans are not going to be allowed the freedom of electing or selecting who their candidate is for president. They're going to try and knock him out by hook or crook uh, and up to and including assassination if that's, that's the last card in their deck. The next to last card is what you just described using the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to try to disqualify him from being on the ballot. And because elections, federal elections, are run according to state law, not a federal law, they can, uh, you know, any uh, governor and any secretary of state can make this call for themselves and knock them out. Of course, the states do it. You know, uh, it doesn't matter whether California does it because they're not going to go for Trump anyway. But like you said, it's these four, these five or six swing states that are where all the action is in a federal presidential election those are the ones that we need to look at closely and find yeah. out whether it's likely to uh, happen in those states and it's likely to happen if they're democrat controlled and you're talking about you know, pennsylvania and arizona to name two and those are democratically controlled uh, democratic democrat controlled states now more defensive democracy here do you see where we're going do you see all of the stuff that's just happening here over the last few days here in the late summer now the fulton county the fulton county grand jury a fanny willis and the the black sheriff there i thought it was fanny but... no they she pronounces it fanny we got that uh, we got like that fawns in uh, happy days yeah we got that uh, sam dixon told us uh, the the correct pronunciation there but they they are so drunk on their abuse of power now uh, they are recommending charges against Senator Lindsey Graham and of others. Now, you talk about the cuck of all cucks. If they're going after uh, Lindsey Graham, I mean, my God. Well, here's, here's what's going on here. Uh, it, it, <laughs> why stop with Trump? You know, you know, they 
have done this to Trump and his lawyers. They're arresting the president and his lawyers. But why tr- stop with people like Trump and Giuliani and these other 16 people that are co-defendants in, in, in Georgia? Why not just uh, say that every United States senator who supported Trump was also guilty of aiding and abetting an insurrection? And they're testing the waters on that. They have now recommended charges against 21 additional people who were not charged in the first go-around. Those people include Senator, sitting Senator Lindsey Graham, no friend of ours, but I think you've got to understand, you got to look at this as to what's going on. Former Senator Kelly Loeffler, former Senator David Perdue, former Trump NSA head Michael Flynn, General Flynn. So uh, here's what you've got, Keith. You've got some black district attorney. And uh, if they can go ahead and indict enough, if they can indict, indict enough sitting Republican senators, they can change the balance of power. Because what is to stop? You know that that all black jury or 80, 90 percent black jury that you're going to get in Atlanta is going to uh, put all of these going to convict all of these people. So they'd say, well, what's going to stop? We'll just we'll do it to Lindsey Graham. You know, all you got to do is do it to a handful of Republicans. You're going to tip the balance of power in the Senate. I can see that. I absolutely can see that happening. And that's what they're doing. This is a bitter harvest of the civil rights movement. This is what happens when you get black females in key positions like district attorneys or judges. They basically don't understand and don't appreciate America's founding or the documents upon which the founding is based. They just forget all about it. And what they do is they do what they damn well please. And that's what's happening here. Uh, You know, Lindsey Graham. All the jungle, tribal power. Yeah, look, he's a cuck. He is one of the most hawkish neocons in the world. But because he actually asked... Uh, I think it was Raffensperger or, uh, you know, whoever was in charge of the election in Georgia. Uh, Are there any other votes here for Republicans? Uh, An innocent question. That's what anybody would ask. Well, nonetheless, because of that, he is considered part of this vast right-wing conspiracy that they uh, invented in their heads to steal the election when they were stealing the election. Why not just indict arrest and indict uh, all 60 or 70 million people who voted for Trump. I mean, why not? I mean, <laughs> that's got, don't, don't, don't laugh. Uh, it may be right, the, right around the corner. All right. Uh, certainly in these Democratic controlled districts. We'll be right back. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. Danilo Cavalcanti has been captured alive in Pennsylvania after he escaped from Chester County Prison and eluded authorities for nearly two weeks. He was surrounded and taken by surprise in northern Chester County shortly after 8 a.m. this morning. Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens said the capture went easily and he would call it a great success. He detected uh, uh, them at that point once they were already in position and again he started to crawl away and it played out very quickly then an aircraft using thermal technology led tactical teams of state police and u.s border agents to the fugitives location around 1 a.m but a storm with severe lightning prevented cavalcanti's immediate capture the teams kept the location surrounded to prevent his escape until they were able to converge 
New Mexico's attorney general says he will not defend the governor's gun ban in court. On September 8th, Democratic Governor Michelle Lujan Grissom issued a public health order to suspend the use, open and concealed carry in public spaces in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County for 30 days. A move that has drawn bipartisan backlash. In a letter yesterday, Attorney General Raul Torres, who is also a Democrat, told Grisham, simply put, I do not believe that the emergency order will have any meaningful impact on public safety. But more importantly, I do not believe it passes constitutional muster. Government experts have cast doubt on the effectiveness of the leading decongestant used by millions of Americans. Yesterday, advisors to the FDA unanimously voted against the effectiveness of the ingredient found in popular medications like Sudafed, Allegra, and Dayquil. This is USA News. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team. Jeter, you're in. We need a home run. I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Introducing the new Swiffer Power Mop, the all-in-one tool that gives you a mop and bucket clean in half the time. The solution's built right in, so no heavy bucket, and the pad has hundreds of scrubbing strips to get deep into grout. Don't mop harder, mop smarter. Swiffer Power Mop, Swiffer Power Mop. Folks, uh, it's it's about to get wild. It's about to get hairy out there. Trump facing a thousand years. I hate in to prison. tell you this, James, but it is wild right now. It's not coming. It's here. Still seems like it's uh, at a little bit of a distance, but uh, not very much further away. I mean, it's getting closer every day. Suspending uh, in New Mexico the First and Second Amendments, uh, the efforts to remove Trump from state ballots uh, if they aren't able to put him in prison. Uh, Fulton County, Georgia, grand jury now saying they're going to recommend charges against Senator Lindsey Graham. I mean, you take out a couple of these senators and you've got you've got this is what defending democracy looks like. And then you've got the Los Angeles City Council. They uh, announced a criminal probe into Texas Governor Greg Abbott because uh, he at least pretends he doesn't like illegal immigration. I mean, and then. Because he sent some illegal immigrants over in their direction. See, they don't <laughs> want to share the misery. They See, all they have to do is say, we're no longer a sanctuary state or we're no longer a sanctuary city. That's what Alvin uh, Adams in New York City, the mayor of New York City, could say. Instead, they just want to vetch, as the Jews say all the time, and uh, you know, point the finger at uh, Republican governors like DeSantis and Abbott who are very, you know, they're doing the right thing. You know, they should not be bearing the brunt of all of this, of the federal government's refusal to enforce our immigration laws. So share the misery. Send it up north. Send it to the west. Send it to the east. That's what they need to do, and that's what they're doing. And regarding the one thing about uh, the, the Governor Grisham of New Mexico, 
if she can declare a nullity, the uh, uh, even temporarily, if she can do it temporarily, why not do it permanently? The First and Second Amendment, maybe we on the conservative side can do the same thing to the yeah. 14th amendment, which the whole civil rights, not without succession, on. not without secession and not even a chance because I mean, you'll remember when well, Trump's that's the ultimate nullification well, gonna, is secession. You know, that's the only way because you got zero chance in the courts. I mean, they would, Trump would try to do something to limit immigration, which is absolutely a legal thing he could have done. And they would go to the courts and say, no, you can't enforce these immigration laws. So if it's something a conservative tries to do or one of our, somebody on our side tries to do, and it's entirely legal and, in fact, in uh, complete uh, congruency with the law, they'll say no. And if it's an, an outright violation of the law, they'll say yes. And this is, this is, this is right. Why, why do the courts do it? It's because of the changes in the courts brought about by the civil rights movement having all these black female judges or uh, Jewish liberal judges, things like that, that's who has come in and transformed our justice system into an injustice system. Well, we've got, they definitely figured out during the COVID era and in the George Floyd, the year of George Floyd, how criminally corrupt they could be and get away with it. And they have continued to test their limits. And now we have rapidly accelerated to all of this that we're covering right now. And, but... But you are beginning to see people who get it. Even Mike Huckabee. I mean, Mike Huckabee is your standard part and parcel. Huckleberry Huckabee. Wimpy conservative. Uh, but now he's even saying that 2024 could be the last election that's not decided by bullets. Uh, he said decided by ballots and not bullets. He said if we don't get the thing right in this next presidential election, if they're able to cheat on the vote and get the Democrat candidate in, that's uh, despite the fact of Trump's enormous popularity, then basically people will give up on our electoral system and it will be bullets, not ballots. Well, at least he's beginning someone like that, an establishment conservative is beginning to see where this is going. And for him to even say that and to understand it shows that his mind is at least looking at things realistically. And then you had Marjorie he's Taylor Greene. He's been radicalized, as you say. Marjorie Taylor Greene just on 9-11. Uh, on, and I think it was key that she mentioned this on 9-11, where everybody you know, in the system is waxing nostalgic about how united everybody was at that time. You know, they were united because they were lied to. And uh, Ron Unz, again, if you want to look and find out the skinny on the whole thing about 9-11, look at his article in the Unz Review. In any event, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene on 9-11 made a public uh, declaration, uh, a public call for secession of the red states from the union. All right. So, again, and she said this before. But now, in response to all of this that we're seeing, what we've been talking about this hour, you got people like Huckabee saying this is probably our last election. You've got... Um, and and I, I get it. People have been saying that forever. But you, you, you see why it's different this time, right, folks? See, I mean, you see these that, things have not happened before. And Marjorie Taylor Greene on 9-11 calling for secession. Yeah, this, this, isn't is, this, being, is this isn't being said by James Edwards or David Duke or, uh, you know, Jerry Tyler or anyone like that. This is being said by sitting uh, uh, politicians, people that have elected office or have had elected office in the past, people, members of Congress, former governors. People like this are coming around to the radicalization that James has been talking about basically all year, how basically the left is doing our work for us on the right. They are making so many incredible uh, missteps 
and being so radical from in the pursuit of their agenda that they are converting American normies like Huckabee, for example, to sound more like us. Uh, and that's why I think that, you know, th this is, you know, James said, you know, uh, may you live in interesting times. He quotes that uh, Chinese That's proverb. you that quotes that all the time. Well, you quote it, too, and uh, I, I will quote that it. That was and Cantwell, too, last week, who brought it up out of the blue. But it is, yeah. yeah but well, every, it, everybody. Amrin had it up on there. It was the first uh, sentence uh, advertising the conference this year. But, see, this is this is what's happening. I mean, we are living in interesting times. We are, this is, we've been basically shaken out of our doldrums and our kind of trance that we were in, let's say, back in 2001 when 9-11 happened. And now it's a whole different political landscape. And the people in the Republican Party are saying, we don't care how much you don't like Trump. We're going to vote for him. We're going to get him elected, and you're going to have to deal with it. And this is, uh, you know, they are saying we know how to deal with it, and uh, you know we'll do whatever it takes by any means necessary now listen to, to this. keep him out. Listen to this, Keith. This is what's going on, and in, 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 let's look at the system media. What is the Washington Post's tagline now that they put in there? Democracy dies in darkness. Well, I don't know what they're talking about with regards to democracy. I don't even like democracy, but I. I certainly know and understand it not to be what they have in mind. Here's the New York Times. fathers never intended us to have a democracy, and we never did. We had a, a representative republic. Well, here's the New York Times, which is the America's newspaper of record. And they have a huge article out saying we have to defend democracy by not having elections. <laughs> uh, and, and in the Atlantic. That's, that's truly Orwellian. In the Atlantic, uh, they have an article about how you have to prosecute Trump, and, and by doing it, it's chemotherapy for democracy. So this is the democracy defenders. The New York Times, I mean, this is, it, it, they say that it's harsh medicine, but it, it wouldn't have been necessary. This chemo for democracy is harsh medicine, uh, but it wouldn't be necessary if Trump hadn't asked if the election uh, was it rigged? If, if, if the Indians hadn't gotten off the reservation, if all of the Republican-leaning type of people hadn't insisted on electing a guy like Trump, as long as they elected people like or selected people like Mitt Romney or Bob Dole or John McCain, everything was That's right. hunky dory. That's right. But when you got some guy that was not part of the deep state country club like uh, uh, Donald Trump, well, they they basically say that the cure to keep democracy is autocracy. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, they're saying that Trump and the 70-plus million Americans who voted for him are like a cancer, and using the legal system to take him out before the next election is necessary to stop the disease from taking over. Otherwise, people might, if, if people had the, 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 the right and the opportunity to vote for him, he might win the next election. And, and, that's, not democracy. and that's not democracy, you understand, Keith? If, if someone... If someone runs that the people want to run and they vote for him and he wins, that's not democracy, according to the democracy defenders. What is democracy is arresting him on these frivolous charges, uh, suspending the First and Second Amendment, uh, all of the other things we've been talking about here, arresting senators now, potentially like Lindsey Graham, which they're considering doing, removing their opponents from state ballots. That, that's democracy. Voting for the guy you want is not democracy. Everything they're doing, that's how you defend democracy. You and, understand? Do you get it? And what, and what they're defending is that everything that has happened over the past 70 years in America, all these radical changes, starting with the Civil Rights Movement, 
or sacrosanct. They tell you to move on.org. Okay, that's given, that's taken, it can't be changed. They're afraid that somebody like Trump will come in here and actually change some of these failed policies of uh, the left that were enforced upon a kicking and screaming American electorate over the past 70 years. You know, for example, public school integration. What a disaster that has been to the quality of public education in America. Public transportation, that's the same thing. And just about everything that was accomplished by the left has left us with left us with a diminished America. And basically, it's like this cat that we had somebody send us from uh, Utah and says, I miss the America I grew up in. So does Trump, and so do we. Hey, thank you, Jeff, for the caps, by the way. We appreciate it. We've gotten so many wonderful letters in the mail this week from our listening audience. We love you, folks, and we'll be right back. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Folks, we're to even continue with all of this, but uh, this is where we're at, and this is where we are going. And uh, this is Donald Trump. I mean, thanks again to uh, our friend over at Occidental Descent for compiling all of this in a digestible way. But uh, this is this is his campaign. This theme of his campaign against the system, this arrogant, corrupt, liberal establishment, has weaponized the legal system to take out their political opponents and to criminalize politics. They literally see half the country as a cancer which must be taken out by any means necessary, and they are willing to abuse the law, the courts, 
everything they've got to rig the system. So that's what democracy is to these people. We win, we rule, you lose. A fair and free election uh, in, in which the liberal elites do not have to bother with persuading voters to to, to win. They just ban and criminalize their opposition. Uh, so that, that this is it. Democracy is the process. Uh, I guess what democracy is, stands, is now, as it is currently presented in America, is the process by which liberal elites conspire against the will of the voters. So, and yeah. you got the FBI gunning down people in their homes. And, and it doesn't even stop there, Keith. On top of all of that, on top of all of that, now the Republicans are saying they're going to impeach Biden. So you look at all of which, hell, I'm for. But the boxing gloves are coming off. Everybody's going bare knuckles now. And see, what has happened is that they thought they had a permanent victory, that they were going to continue to have their way the way they've had it ever since the um, civil rights movement, since the uh, early 50s with Brown versus Board of Education. They said that we're going to continue to roll on like a juggernaut, unstoppable. And the fact that now a... Uh, a non-feckless, a actually potent, uh, you know, reaction or response or, uh, uh, you know, adversary has shown up on the scene with Trump, they are you know, saying, oh, no, everything is at, uh, in jeopardy uh, again. But all these people that hate boomers, look, be thankful you have a boomer running for president, Donald Trump. Donald Trump remembers the old America and remembers how well it worked in comparison to this new, brave new world uh, democracy of the Democrats and the left. And because he has that historic memory, he can possibly bring us back to some of these things. You know, rather than going into uncharted territory, Donald Trump knows what worked. He knows how much better America, and particularly New York City, used to be in his childhood, and he can try to bring it back. That's what he, that's what he represents, and that is the anathema to the left. I definitely don't think we're bringing it back, and I don't even want him to. I don't even, there's no well, reforming well, this system. The, uh, well, well, I, I like Trump. I'm going to vote for him. I certainly like what he has become now. But, I that's, mean, we, a, but we, that's a fear, though, James, of the left, that he's going to basically roll back what they consider their, uh, you know, that their, their changes in society that they thought would never change. Well, here's the thing. The longer he is in play, the more radicalized. Uh, again, I love how Brad puts this. Radicalization has gone vertical. And, all right, so he's right about that. But uh, amongst the Republican base, as lo the longer Trump stays in play, the more radicalized and polarized we come, and that is the only way we're going to have a chance. There is no well, chance of reforming the system. He's not going to make America great again. Uh, I want him to run. I don't know if I want him to win or lose or become a martyr or what, but he is key to whatever is, is happening. All of this. He's it, the it, only it, one he, that pushes the buttons he, of the left. He's the, the left. catalyst. Everything we've been talking about, Trump was the catalyst in making that happen. See, the left would never have shown their slip the way that they have if anyone other than Trump was going to be the candidate. They knew that they could control all the rest of the people up on that stage of that debate, except for Trump, possibly DeSantis, the rest of, and, uh, you know, Vivek doesn't hold a chance, but everybody else, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Burgum, all of these other people, uh, as they said on, uh, you know, uh, uh, down in the, you know, the, 
mafia, what is it called, the uh, uh, the Sopranos, forget about it. You know, those <laughs> people were not going, they're acceptable. They will go along with it. Nikki Haley is all for removing Confederate monuments and things like this. See, they know she is trustworthy. She can be a good, straw person conservative that they can knock over and they can continue to roll unimpeded in their, uh, you know, march towards a, bra uh, a brave new world. But on the other hand, Donald Trump, something about Trump, they see something in him that, quite frankly, I don't think either James or I see in him, which is that he is the anti-liberal candidate in every way, that he... Now, his last presidency certainly didn't show that. He, he basically uh, couldn't kiss Israeli ass enough. But, you know, and he also did all sorts of things for the left, like the platinum plan, things like this. But in the left, he is George Wallace on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, here is the here's where we're at. We'll do a very, very, very quick recap on things that have happened since the summer began. We've mentioned them a couple of times, but I think we need to crystallize this and distill it and bring it into sharp focus. This is where we stand right now. Trump facing a thousand years in prison, being arrested recently for the fourth time. The governor of New Mexico announcing she has the authority to suspend uh, the First and Second Amendment, so she went ahead and did it for 30 days. Uh, efforts underway to remove Trump from state ballots, just in case. Rep uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene saying on 9-11 that the red states must secede from the union. The Fulton Grand Jury saying, hey, if we get, get away with indicting the president and Rudy Giuliani and all these other people, why not sitting senators? Let's go after Lindsey Graham now. Mike Huckabee saying this is going to be the last election that's decided by the ballot. Uh, Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, uh, issuing a pro criminal probe into Texas Governor Greg Abbott. The New York Times saying that in order to defend democracy, we have to make sure that we don't have elections. Um, FBI gunning down old men in their homes. And now the Republicans going after Biden with their own impeachment inquiry. And as They've you said, hey, look, I mean, it's probably just political theater, but so were the Trump indictments. Uh, excuse me. Well, that, that too. But so were the Trump impeachments. Uh, but, you, Keith, you said something uh, that was humorous but was also on point. What's the best thing about the Republicans going after Biden with this impeachment? Well, it's basically going to keep them from passing laws that are much more dangerous in the rest of the Congress in the run-up to the 2024 election. See, that's If they're busy it, doing a, a, an impeachment, they can't pass laws, and that's going to help us. <laughs> and also, they know that they don't have the votes in the Senate to actually remove him from office, but it allows them to use the Senate as a bully pulpit to show all of the shortcomings of Biden and the Biden family and the Biden administration nonstop for the rest of uh, 2023 and most of 2024. That will be wonderful. Also, the fact that they're not in there uh, working their uh, Machiavellian magic to try to change the laws of the United States to tyrannize over white heterosexual uh uh, people, uh, white advocates, is another benefit of, you know, they, they can't do two things at once. They're not going to be able to pass all these laws while they're doing this. And furthermore, the impeachment is going to be so polarizing that they're not going to see any uh, cooperation between the Democrats and the Republicans. And that's really the best situation we can have, which is that the Congress does nothing except basically show us the shortcomings of the Biden administration 
over the, uh, the course of the next year. So all of this we've covered, that was the tenth of ten points or ten items that we've presented to you, uh, things that have happened just in the last few weeks. Now, how is this all good news? The good news is it's bringing even people like Huckabee around to seeing this situation for what it is. And I think the more and more and more we go in this direction, the more and more and more people will understand that, yes, our future, our salvation, if we are going to be delivered, is going to be not through the existing system but something we outside have to of it. We have to defeat the left. We have to defeat Jewish power and influence. There's no living with them. There's no separate peace to be achieved with them. And basically, the more polarization that we have between the interests of the white majority of America and the Democrats' uh, coalition of the fringes, the better off we are. And it's not just the people, the Republican voting base, that see all of this stuff, making Republican states redraw their congressional lines, all of the things we've covered. But, but as you said, Keith, sitting in former Big-time politicians are beginning to stay. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene said we have to secede, and in, in, in no uncertain terms. I mean, this Mike is Huckabee, the governor of Arkansas, is saying that if we don't, if this election uh, fails to, uh, uh, you know, elect a Republican, the next election will not be ballots but bullets. You know, that is a radical statement. For somebody like that, who's yeah, pretty milk toast. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. so here's the one last thing, and then we're going to get to Kevin McDonald. We're going to shift gears. We're going to have him walk us through an excellent article that he posted at the OccidentalObserver.net earlier this week. Uh, his thoughts on uh, the Twitter kerfuffle and the bigger scheme We'll talk to Kevin McDonald about that. He is the expert, after all. I do want to say this with a minute remaining. We have had a surprisingly good start, and I'm so happy to be able to say this, to our third quarter fundraising drive. We are in much better position now as we sit here on the 16th evening of September. We are exactly halfway through our third quarter fundraising drive, which wraps up on September 30th. We are in better standing now than when we were at this point in the first and second quarter. So that's good. That that we had an alarming trend going. Of course, if uh, if if it falters from here for the rest of the month, we're doomed. But if it continues at this pace, we're going to be okay uh, at least until Christmas. And so I want to thank everybody for the support they've sent in so far. If you haven't yet sent it in, please send it in. We've got this uh, gift subscription to the American Free Press that will. Uh, be delivered to your mailbox twice monthly for the rest of the year. It's a good incentive. And we actually, even though my columns for American Free Press can only be found in the print newspaper, we did, Keith, post the uh, anarcho-tyranny uh, article that everybody likes so much that I wrote last month for the paper to give you a little sample, a little sneak preview, and it's up at the website uh, right now. So go check it James out. James is a weekly contributor to this newspaper. And you like that anarcho-tyranny piece. Oh, I loved it. I remember when I we discussed this back in uh, 2010 or so and uh, how good it was. But this is what we've got. We've got a, uh, a, 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 the, a newspaper that is a gem from the past. As our uh, incentive, you'll love it. Do it just to get that newspaper, folks. And we're getting you all set up. You'll help us uh, stay on the air. You'll get the newspaper for the rest of the year. It'll be a gift that keeps on giving for a few months. And it really is. The, the American Free Press really is a perfect complement to uh, Chris our, Cantwell our, our, said that uh, when he was in jail, that was the thing that he loved uh, more than anything else was anticipating receipt of the American Christmas came twice a month when AFP was delivered, but it really is the perfect compliment to our weekly broadcast. We'll be back with Kevin McDonald.